everybody. And hello, Suzanne. How are you today? Good. I was just telling you before we started recording that I'm having one of those sleepy, groggy days. I think I'm jet lagging because as you know, I was just in Canton, Ohio for my aunt's funeral. And then I made a stop in Atlanta. So I'm kind of dealing with a little jet lag. Oh, so are you going to be boring today? (laughs) I'll try not to be. Do you have a glass of Chardonnay or something in front of you to perk you up a little bit? It's a little early in the day. I keep looking at the clock thinking, is it only this time? It's like, where is this this day? But that's part of the jet lag. But how are you doing? Oh my gosh, I am doing so well. And my mind is spinning with everything coming up and so much to celebrate starting a little bit of a road trip tomorrow. And as you know, that road trip includes coming to see you. So I'm excited about that. I am too. And then this episode comes out and I'm just going to talk about this for a minute because I have to give a huge shout out to my son, Colton. It's his graduation week. Ah, Can you believe it? No, I can't. I am so excited for this kid. He is so proud of himself. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it, but he was so cute earlier in the year. He's like, do I get a photographer? Are we getting announcements? He was just so excited about it. I was just going to ask if they're doing an in-person graduation this year. They are not. And that is a huge bummer for as hard as he's worked not to have that. I know a lot of people can relate to that because of last year and this year. But yeah, I'm, I'm very bummed that he won't have a in-person graduation, but they're doing a virtual one, whatever that means. Yay. And I hope if it includes pictures, he submitted a really good one of himself. Oh, yay. So we'll see. Very exciting. It is very exciting, but something also exciting, and I haven't really talked a lot about, I'm going to be giving, and not just me, Rob, Colton's dad and his stepmom are going to be giving the kids, because Cameron will be there too, a gift that they have never had. And I know I haven't talked about this a lot on the podcast, but um, my relationship with their biological dad has not been a good one. And it was very hard growing up, just kind of balancing that out because our parenting styles were so different and just trying to get through growing them up and they're wonderful adults. I'm so excited about the men they've turned out yes. to be. But for this graduation, for the first time ever, the four of us adults are taking the boys to dinner. We are going to sit down. Holy cow. I know. I know. Because you know the backstory. And I'm not going to go into it. I know. But there have been a lot of all, painful days, though. A lot of painful days. And... Since the boys have gone to college, there have been a lot of growing days, a lot of stepping back and really looking and reflecting at the situation. And so this is a gift that the boys will both be getting. And I'm nervous about it, but I'm really excited to be taking this step forward. Oh, that truly first is an incredible gift. Do the boys recognize it yet as a gift or are they as trepidatious as you are? I'm just a little bit nervous. It was funny because I had talked to their stepmom yesterday and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just confirm Colton's okay with it and Rob's okay with it. And I called Colton and he was so funny. He's like, well, I thought that was always a plan that you guys were going to come and take me. So he's very excited about it. And I don't know if Cameron's 
knows about it yet, though. Oh. I didn't even know Cameron was going to be in Flagstaff until yesterday. So it might be a surprise for both of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and I shouldn't even assume that the boys would be a little nervous about the four of you getting together because you did such a good job keeping them out of your issues. They probably growing up didn't have any um, idea. All of us could have done better about that, but we did the best we could. But you kept them as children out of the conflict. So we really tried to. Right. So (laughs) it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. But so my point is, I shouldn't just assume they would be nervous about the four of you getting together because you did your best to keep them out of the hard parts of being separate parents. And so they are probably not even aware of what a big gift this really is that the four of you are going to sit down and have a nice dinner with them. Oh, no, they're aware. You you give me far too much credit and them far too much credit. They were aware of the conflict. And, you know, they worked with it a little bit, but mostly just were disappointed in it all their lives. So, yeah, this is really, really exciting. Well, it is exciting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'll have to let you know how it goes. But that is what is on my mind right now as I think about the next couple of weeks, that dinner coming up. And wow, it is monumental because it just never could have happened a couple of years ago. It couldn't happen at Cameron's graduation in 2016. It just couldn't have. So, Well, that's really exciting. And I'm going to thank the pandemic for that for taking that time to slow everything down and really look inward and make those steps to move forward as a team. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. So anyhow, what's going on there? Well, like I said, I, my aunt passed away and I took my mom to the funeral in Ohio. Then from Ohio, we went to, I went to Atlanta. She stayed behind with family for a few more days and So I was in Atlanta, and now I'm back trying to play catch up like I (laughs) always do when I've been traveling. It's just been, you know, trying to get caught up at the store, which is fun because the season here is winding down, but I'm still getting great new product in, and it's always fun. It's like Christmas whenever we get new product in the store. And when I was in Atlanta, I went to a few shops similar to mine that I follow on Instagram. And so it was really fun to go to these shops that are similar to mine and get new ideas and get new product ideas and display ideas. So yeah, so it's kind of fun to bring that new stuff home with me. Yeah, some new inspiration in there. Yeah. But you know, in Everything you just said about what you've been up to and what you're doing, I didn't hear you say you're anticipating my visit. (laughs) Hurts my feelings. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I do. Well, I thought it would go without saying. I'm very excited about your visit and our upcoming weekend together. I'm very excited also. So to Flagstaff tomorrow and then Phoenix and then Tucson to celebrate a very good friend's milestone birthday. Yes. And his birthday was actually in March, but we had to find a weekend that worked for everyone. And this is it. And I'm very excited. The six of us have not been together in quite some time. Am I right about that? You are right about it. I don't think it's been since 2019 because 
when we saw him last March, she wasn't there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's been a long time. And we're travel buddies, like the six of us have traveled the world together. I know. Well, and I need to reminisce a little because the first time we traveled together was to Paris. And that was probably what now 12 years ago. I don't remember what year it was. It was 2008. Oh, so 13 years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Is my math right? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. But you're asking yeah. the wrong person about addition. <laughs> but it was April. I remember it was April in Paris. And I missed my son, Greg's junior prom to go to Paris. Or was it their senior prom? 2008, they graduated in 2008 high school. But it snowed. It was April 24th. And I think we were in Washington, D.C. waiting for our flight. And it snowed like four inches in Anchorage, Alaska on their prom day. So (laughs) that sucks. But that was 13 years ago. And at the time, we called ourselves or we named ourselves the Gang of Six. And I kind of remember poo-pooing it because I still had kids in school. You still had kids in school. And I thought, oh, you know, I hadn't really thought about having a group of friends that we traveled with. So I kind of thought, oh, Gang of Six, that's cute. That's sweet. But oh, my goodness, we really have traveled the world together. And we really are the Gang of Six. (laughs) We really are when it comes to, to traveling. But I don't think any of us were ready to name it at the very first trip because we're just all, let's see how this goes. I mean... I didn't know them very well. I didn't know you very well. So it just brought this dynamic in. And then I did have younger kids. And again, as I just said earlier, I had an ex-husband I was sharing custody with. That Mm -hmm. didn't always go smoothly. So working around that was causing stress. And it did take a while to kind of get in that groove. I know um, Christy, she planned the whole trip wonderfully. Oh, she did. She did. She was a master. Well, she still is. She's still a master at it. We just haven't been able to do our Gang of Six trip because of COVID. But she is a master planner. Right. Yeah. And she was so nervous about everything and she did a wonderful job. And so it's just kind of grown from there. I think I contributed to her nervousness because when we got to our first hotel, and I think we've talked about it already, but they were across the courtyard and they were waving from the window and we were in our closet of a room on the sixth floor of a hotel that didn't have an elevator. So we just climbed six flights of stairs with our baggage. And so I, I'm waving across the courtroom and I turn my back on the window and I'd say to Jeff, get me the hell out of here. You know, so she was probably a little nervous because of me and my personality. Wow. That is true. I I will say that. That probably is true. I was a little nervous about it too, but I kind of had to think about it as, well, she puts on her pants one leg at a time, just like all of us do. So don't be, well, you don't really, well, yeah, you wear pants. (laughs) I do, but I do know, I mean, I hate to say that about myself, but I do know that, yeah, (laughs) Look, I mean, I could kill a lot of people with the wrong look on my face. I mean, I know that I have that. What's the word I want to use that air about me (laughs) that I'm not, I'm not necessarily always easy to travel with. And you guys were good sports to put up with me. And, and, and it was my first time to Europe. So I was so nervous in general. And I was nervous about leaving the kids behind. I was nervous about 
being in Europe for the first time. I didn't know what it would be like to not be able to speak the language. I was traveling with people I didn't even know I had met before. (laughs) And yeah, so it was a huge leap of faith. Yeah, at least the Parisians liked you. At least your (laughs) personality meshed with their culture more so than mine, which is very like soft and, you know, very more um, kind, kind, friendly. (laughs) I was going to say I walk with a little more trepidation. Does that sound right? Where I'm a little more cautious in my approach and I'm not bold and put it out there. I kind of beat around the bush a little bit. And that did not serve me well. They did not like me. (laughs) They didn't like me at all. You did did get picked on quite a bit. (laughs) I know. Everywhere we went. Everywhere. Yeah. Yes. they, They looked at me weird when I ordered a diet coke and they looked at me weird and when you asked for ketchup and <laughs> it was ranch it was oh, ranch. ranch they, they got... might have looked at me a little bit weird and probably I give them permission to <laughs> but yeah it was my first time in Europe too and I remember getting there and into the room and I just wanted to rest jet lag and Rob's like nope I'm going around to the corner bistro and I'm like well I don't want to be by myself and so we got up and went to the corner bistro. He speaks not a word of French, but he thinks he <laughs> he thinks he does. So. Yeah. yeah, he thinks he's fluent. He knows we oui, no vino rouge, vino blanc, <laughs> merci, and that was enough. Like he got around Paris just knowing that. Yes, he did. And I would try and order a diet coke, and they would yell at me, and then charge me more for a diet coke than a glass of wine. And- That's true. Yeah. Yeah. How did, I'm not quite sure how he (laughs) made it all the way through Paris, yelling those words, barking it like he was in command of the language. And I just suffered. (laughs) I suffered. But I learned the second time I went to Paris, it wasn't like that because I'm like, I'm just going to be more bold. Well, and were you more bold? I wasn't with you the second time you went to Paris, unfortunately. I was more bold. And I think i had had a little more travel experience under my belt because that was in, so the first time we went was 2008. And then I went back with my kids in 2012. And so in between that time, I think we'd also been to Italy and was there one other Spain, I think before that? Yeah. So I had a little bit more awareness about me when it came to what it was all about. And I wasn't as nervous and yeah, a little more just I'll go with it. Viva la day or whatever the, the phrase is. <laughs> yeah. Again, we're getting stuck on that stupid phrase. I've <laughs> I got know. to learn what that is. That's true. But oh, we have such good memories of those days. And We do. And I, I swear we're going to have to have a whole episode on Italy and Ted. I want to call him the innkeeper, but he was the villa owner, I guess. Yeah, there's so many stories there. You wouldn't even believe it. It was out of a movie. Yeah, quite the trip, wasn't it? Yep. But we have every every trip, every adventure has those kind of stories for us. And yeah, and look at us 13 years later, and here we are, we're still the gang of six. Yeah. So what do you think, looking at that name and looking at the adventures we have, are there any key components that you think make a good travel companion or make a group that can travel so well together? Yeah, you know, that's such a good question. Because I don't, I don't know what it is for the six of us that makes us so compatible when we travel. It's like there's that 
magic that works, you know, and maybe it's because our, our personalities just mesh. What do you think? What do you think when you ask me that question? Well, there are a lot of things that I think, I mean, we have someone who is doing the planning and likes to do that. We have someone who, I don't even know what to say. We have someone who knows what she wants and knows what she likes. Um, We have me who just kind of tries to make sure everybody's happy. And Jeff's a little bit like me. And then we have Rob who just brings a lot of entertainment. That's true. And JC brings a lot of entertainment too. And is kind of that balancing force also. I think before we have rated who was the most high maintenance on these group trips. And I think you were number one. I know I was. And Rob was number two. Yeah. And you know what? I own that though, because you might as well know what makes me comfortable and what makes me uncomfortable. And you might as well know right off the bat, because otherwise I'm going to be that woman in Paris who would turn my back to the window and yell at my husband. And if you know where I'm at, then I don't have to worry about yelling at my husband to get me the hell out of there. And if I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable. And I know that you and Christy, because she does all the planning, bend over backwards (laughs) to make sure I am comfortable. And I appreciate it. Oh, I don't really bend over backwards. I just make sure nobody hugs you. But I can't stop it with that group because you accept hugs from half of them and the others of us, including myself. You're like, no, (laughs) I I know. I, you know, I don't mean to be inconsistent, but let's face it. Our good friend, JC, he's a hugger. I couldn't even say no to his hug because he'd hug me anyway. And he would just grab me and hug me regardless of whether or not I wanted to be hugged. So, you know, in that case, it's, you got to kind of take it. And he knows I love, you know, he's such a true hugger. And we go months without seeing each other. Although I know that doesn't explain why I don't accept your hugs. But, but when I, I know. I know. No. No. And I even like smell good. I wear really good smelling perfume. You do. I'm genuine in my hugs. So. You are. I know. But you also really respect my permanent social distancing desires. You know, you you respect that. You always have. And I appreciate that. Right. But it is out of respect. And there's nothing wrong with being high maintenance because we are all high maintenance in our own way. So getting that term is out of love and affection. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I own it. I accept that about myself and it is what it is. And so you talk about the group being comfortable together. So maybe we could start there with what makes a good travel companion. Well, first of all, you kind of need to all be on the same budget as to what you want to spend and how you want to spend it. And you all have to be kind of on the same page about the type of hotel or where you're staying, because you kind of mentioned this earlier, you couldn't have someone who is exclusively like the Mandarin and other people who are Marriott and everybody be happy. So you kind of have to be on the same page as to the investment you want to put into it. And fortunately for all of us, we can do that and we we agree and we go from there. We all appreciate really good dinners. We don't mind spending money on nice dinners and wine and just enjoying ourselves. So I think that goes into a good traveling um, companion. Yeah. 
I, absolutely. That's so true. And I had, <laughs> of course, that one didn't even, that point didn't even enter my mind, but it's probably one of the most important parts because we do have to feel like we're all on the same page because things could get really stressful if one of us wants a really high-end experience and someone else wants a budget trip, which we don't have that disparity. Exactly. Not in this gang of six. And just also respect, I think, is a big key as to why we all travel so well together. Uh, Just respecting that once in a while, we might want to do something different from the group and not feeling that pressure to have to stay with the group to satisfy everyone. Having that comfort to say, I'm going to venture out and today I'm going to go take photos because Christy has been known to do that. I mean, she's very independent and she'll grab her camera and just go and spend the morning taking photos while the rest of us are doing something else. And then we'll meet up and everybody's okay with it because we respect that need to do that. We respect Suzanne's need to go to the casino. Yeah, which I did in New Zealand, unbelievably. It's like when I found out there was a casino in New Zealand, I, well, I did drag my husband with me and he's not a casino person, but yeah. And no one else had to I go. went with you too. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. But you forgot about me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, in Auckland. Right, in Auckland. Yeah. But did I play when I was with you? I don't know if I actually put money in the machine because I think I... Uh, we weren't there very long, so you may have gone back with I Jeff. think Jeff and I went back because I, I actually sat down at a couple of machines and put money in the machine and played for a little bit while Jeff patiently waited for me. But he's always good to be patient. Yeah, Jeff and I are not big casino or slot machine people. I think I would be more of a slot machine person if I ever won. But I don't. I have no luck when it comes to them or patience. Yeah. And I actually, I should knock on wood so I don't jinx myself. But I tend to be pretty lucky on slot machines. I usually do pretty well. I know people who do a lot better than I do, but I'm good with how I do. And it keeps me playing. But back to your point, we have a respect for each other's interests and each other's need to do what we want to do. And we don't expect everyone to tag along every time we want to do something. We're okay with taking, when we're on a cruise ship, taking different excursions. When we were in Paris, Christy and I went to see the thinker, the statue, Rodin statue, and the beautiful peonies in that garden. But I don't think you and Rob went. And Jeff didn't go. Jeff stayed behind. But it was something I really wanted to see. So Christy and I went. Yeah, we went to the Louvre on that trip too. Do you remember that? I do, yes. Didn't someone almost knock over? (laughs) Not in our group, but what was that? The Oh, Rob would know exactly what it is. But they tripped in like the rocks of something that's been standing for years in a part of the Louvre. A person tripped over and like went into it. Do you remember that? I do remember it. I do. I don't remember what it was. My memory isn't that good anymore that I would remember the specifics. If we went back and looked at photos, we could probably remind ourselves, but. Yeah. Or if Rob, who doesn't remember anything that I tell him, he would remember exactly what that, that was. So I'll have to ask him and maybe have that in the next episode, just if people are interested. Yeah. As a follow-up. I don't mean to change the subject or anything. But I always think of, especially when we went to the Louvre in Paris and the Sistine Chapel, how crowded it was. But the Louvre, 
and I realized the Sistine Chapel was in Italy. (laughs) So I'm just bouncing off different places I've been where it was so crowded. And I always think with COVID, how we, the world really hit the reset button. And I wonder how long it will take to get back to those kinds of crowds in places like the Louvre. I mean, I remember being in the room with the Mona Lisa and not being able to move because it was just shoulder to shoulder people. And I honestly can't imagine doing that now. <laughs> like, I think I would have a little bit of a panic attack in a situation like that. I'll just say, seeing the Mona Lisa, I was so excited about it. But that was a little bit of a letdown because there were so many people there. And wasn't it suspended in just this one place? And it looked so small. Yes. Compared to what you've always thought it was going to be, or at least what I always thought it was going to be like. I, It was beautiful, but I couldn't get very close. And it just seemed so small. Well, and I remember being in that room and everyone with their cameras and taking pictures and just everyone facing the Mona Lisa, the only reason they're in the room. And I turned around because I was actually going to leave the room. I was so claustrophobic. And this enormous painting that was opposite the Mona Lisa, which was beautiful. And if I had prepared myself, I would have been able to tell you what that painting was that sat opposite the Mona Lisa. And I was the only one facing that direction, looking at that painting. Everyone else in that room was looking at the Mona Lisa, which was this tiny little painting. And I'm thinking, and I bet nobody in this room saw that gorgeous painting because everyone wanted to see the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Turn around people. Yeah. Beauty all around you. I know. Exactly. (laughs) And this will go a little off topic, but not really. Talking about something else that I was really disappointed when I saw in person that I was so excited to go see was Stonehenge. (laughs) Do you remember that? I can't ever forget that. Disappointing. (laughs) Well, yeah. And the fact that we were, weren't we, were we on a bus? Going to Stonehenge because we had a tour. No, no we were in a we car. We were in a rented car. We had gone to Windsor. Right, right. Spent the morning at the castle. And then we drove out to Stonehenge. And we were miles. Bumper. Yeah. We had to have been what? Miles of it. 15 miles away. The second we could see Stonehenge. And it was so far in the distance. And there were miles and miles of stopped traffic trying to get to Stonehenge. And I think I even remember one of us saying, please let there be more than that, (laughs) that we're going to, to be stuck in this traffic. I think that was me because I was the one that's like, we need to go to Stonehenge. How exciting to do that. It wasn't exciting. We got out there and after hours. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. And we took a little bus out there And then we walked in a circle around it and then took a little bus back. Well, and the bus driver was sure that we would spend a lot of time there. Oh, yeah. Our car driver. Our Our car car driver driver. was sure. We couldn't find him. Yeah, because he was sure we'd be gone for hours. And so he vanished. And we're sitting there waiting for him to show back up so that we could leave. (laughs) I was so mad. Yeah, I, I know. I had had it at that point after being in the car and then... But just just a letdown. So yeah. yes, that was also a letdown. But I know it kind of got off topic. But those are two things that I was really excited to see. That I was like, Ugh. I know it was a little bit of a letdown. But remember, and maybe this was in Paris. But you you have a much better memory than I do. 
But when we went to the one place with all of the gardens and it was, and we were all kind of like, okay, this is, you know, but we were kind of afraid to tell each other that we wanted to go, that we had seen enough. And finally, that was in Germany, that was a castle in, in Germany. And, yeah. and yes, I remember finally, <laughs> finally, when we all came back together and we were going to go get a drink and one of us fessed up first said it's not where we wanted to be. And we're like, and the whole group was like, thank you. <laughs> None of us wanted to be there, but we had forgotten how to communicate to each other that we weren't really interested in the museum tours and the garden tours. And really, we just wanted to go find the next local pub or bar. Right. They have good beer and pretzels in Germany. Yeah, that's true. We've got to learn to speak up. And that is, yeah, that's what we're learning to do as a group is to speak up and say, yeah, 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 yeah. that sounds good. Yeah, exactly. And a hard part about traveling with me internationally or anywhere is I am an extremely extremely picky eater. As am I. And I know that that has been something that the group has been willing to work around. They always find a place where they've checked out the menu and they know I can at least get something. And I really appreciate that because I don't go on these vacations to lose weight. (laughs) You know, I'm going there to enjoy the moment, enjoy the wine, enjoy the food. But the food thing can be challenging. And both you and I are very picky eaters. And I would say when Christy does the planning and she looks for restaurants, she really does critique every menu to make sure that there are a couple options on the menu that we're willing to eat. Yes. And thank God, because you do not want to see me hangry. Me neither. It's not a pretty sight. Because... I can hide a lot of my emotions and push a lot of the stuff down, but mm-hmm. not when I'm hungry. Yeah. I am not a nice person to be around. I'm not either. And there's nothing worse for me than to eat food that I don't like. It's probably one of the worst possible things because, and I've always been that way. It's like, why would I waste calories, put putting calories in my body with food that I do not like? It's like, ugh. I do have to tell you that... When we went to lunch at the Jules Verne and Chrissy had to jump online six months in advance to get this reservation. And one of their offerings was split piece soup. I'm just, I <laughs> was about ready just to eat at the little <laughs> cafe at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That had waffles or something <laughs> like that. So I was not even wanting to get on the elevator, but you know what? I pushed through that. I I was a team player, pushed my comfort zone and found something there I liked. And it was a gorgeous view and a once in a lifetime experience. So it really was. Yeah. So to push someone out of their comfort zone a little, I think that's good about this gang of six. Also, we do that. We do. I'm usually the first one to make a scene though when it doesn't go well. (laughs) But I know we've already talked about the donkeys in Greece, but, um, but I'm usually the one that creates a scene. Well, I was looking online and at uniglobecarefreetravel.com, they had some things that make good travel companions. And we have touched on a few, but I'll just throw the rest of these out that they have on there. One thing they say for to be a good travel companion, and I'll just put it in the broader terms of the group, is someone should have a good sense of direction. Oh, 
that's a good one. Yes. And we've had some <laughs> scary rides and drives <laughs> with this group. Yes, we have. But we always make it through. Yeah. And I, I even remember a couple of photographs that I've taken of maps, studying maps to see if we can figure out where the hell we were or where we had to go. We always ended up somewhere. <laughs> right. And the best part is you were always the navigator because you get car sick and we're always in the front seat and had to do that. So I'm always thankful for that. Oh, well, I'm always thankful that I get the front seat because I, yeah, things would get ugly if I were in the back. Yeah. We don't need throw up in the <laughs> yeah. of all that or a headache or grumpiness. So yes, please take the front seat. Thank you. I will. <laughs> the, the next thing that they said for a good travel companion or companions is you need to be easygoing. Oh, I don't think I would use the word easygoing because I don't care. Well, some of us are easygoing. Yeah, definitely. You are very easygoing. I think Rob is very easygoing. Jeff is definitely very easygoing. Except when it comes to his Yelp reviews, finding a place to eat that man his Yelp reviews. Yes, he does. He lives by them. It's the Bible of good food. Let me tell you. Yes, it is. But that being said, I think maybe the a better word would be flexible. I think you can be flexible without being easygoing. And I don't even know if I can give myself credit for being flexible, but I can see myself more flexible than easygoing. And I see myself as more easygoing than flexible because I don't change on a dime. So that kind of leads into the next thing, which uh, they say makes a good travel companion is being spontaneous. And that is not me. But there are several of you in the group that do know how to be spontaneous. Yeah, Jeff loves spontaneity. I am a planner. I like to have things planned to the last minute of our day. Right. And the one time you plan a nap, everybody leaves you and goes <laughs> spontaneously down to the cafe. God, I was pissed. Yeah, I was pissed. I know you were. I know yeah. you were. Okay, here's another good one. Street smarts. You should have street smarts or someone in the group should have street smarts. I do remember this time we were in Naples and we had been on a ship and we were walking to one of Jeff's Yelp restaurants, I imagine. And Rob almost got pickpocketed. I saw this guy going into his, and I'm like, hey, grab your wallet, Rob. So I am not always street smart. I'm more of a book smart person. But in that instance, I was aware and I was street smart. But I am usually aware when it comes to my safety. I might not be aware of a lot of other things, but I am watching everything going on around me. I do too. Safety-wise, I'm very aware of my surroundings. Street smart, though, I think I learn something new every time we go somewhere as far as being street smart. I don't really consider myself street smart, but I do rely heavily on JC. (laughs) I was just going to say both JC and Christy there could jump into the street smarts. Yeah. And they've got our back. So, and JC is fluent in several languages. So when all else fails, he can talk (laughs) and, you know, or teach Rob. Oh no, that was Jeff that taught Rob bad words in German that he just would yell out spontaneously. (laughs) I'm like, shut up. (laughs) That's true. And that kind of brings into play the next thing they say about a good travel companion is you need to have a good sense of humor. And that we do. We can laugh about just about anything. Like, remember that time my hair caught on fire? (laughs) 
And I started screaming as Rob was laying on the bed, not doing anything because he thought that a bird had flown in the room. And thank God I had a towel on and everybody else barges in and Yeah, you guys were there to support me, and I think I handled it with a good sense of humor. You did. You handled it very well. That was in Barcelona. That trip was quite a trip. We had a lot of laughing moments on that trip. Yes, we did. (laughs) Okay, so the next thing on the the list is one we've kind of already talked about, being open-minded about food. Oh, (laughs) well. Yeah, you and I fail that, but Christy is very adventurous in food, and so are the other guys. They'll try something new. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had some great meals. We have had some memorable meals in our travels. And we have had some moments when we've walked through a market and all the smells. Oh my gosh. That was not my favorite thing. No. Okay. Here's the next one. And this is us, all six of us, be generous. And I think we do all carry that that trait. So I, I agree with that. And then the next one, we already talked about a similar budget. And then it talks about being outgoing. Oh, I'm not either. Yeah. Rob's either making friends or offending people as we go along. Unintentionally, of course, as he tries to speak the language and use the words Jeff taught him. But um, overall, as a group, we come across as friendly, I think. Either friendly or obnoxious. There's a fine those line. damn Americans. I know. Yeah. Fine line between friendly and obnoxious. And yeah, and yeah. And in Europe, we are the damn Americans, that's for sure. Yes. And then the last one on this list is being culturally sensitive, which I think we all are. I think where we go, we we follow whatever the customs are there, covering our our shoulders. We go into the Vatican and things like that. I think we are very aware that we are visitors there. And do our best to not get arrested. Walk with their tradition. Yeah, or not get arrested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anything else you think there about the different um, things about traveling and being a good travel companion? I know. I think those are all accurate. I don't know if there's any I would add. The one about being generous, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. I don't know how that makes you a good travel companion. Well, let me see. I can read exactly what it says. Hold on. Let me go back there. Okay. So again, this is from UniGlobeCarefreeTravel.com and they say generous. And it says it helps when this goes both ways as a vacation is a lot more fun when you don't have to count every penny to split a bill perfectly. Getting a round of drinks or sharing travel essentials when one person runs out is really what it's all about. Absolutely. And that goes along with budget. But yeah, there's that unspoken understanding that if we get this round, we know someone else will pick up the next round. Or and we're always I think all of us are willing and we don't worry too much about if someone spent had to pay more than we did or we paid more than anyone. So that does make sense. It does make sense. And I just have to laugh here and I'm gonna tease a little bit also, but I do remember several dinners in Spain where Rob was the only one who didn't call in his credit card and let them know we were traveling. And so his credit card was the only one that worked everywhere oh, we went. Right. The stupid banks were like, Oh no, this doesn't, fraud it, alert. Like it could be yeah. Yeah, a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was funny too, because yeah. I got after him for not calling in his credit cards and his was the only one that worked. And he had to pay for everything because our cards all got declined. Yes. It all got 
you know, evened up and everything in the end, but yeah, it It just was funny. It was uh, a moment of, of course, that's how it's working right now. Yeah. We've had a lot of tense conversations with our banks over the years. We sure have. And that is frustrating because you try to avoid it and you do everything you can to avoid it and it still happens. Yep. It does. And you know, good for the bank. (laughs) I mean, really, Okay, fraud alert, it's a pain in the ass for us, but yeah, it's it's better than someone having our credit card and running up thousands of dollars in bills and the bank saying, oh, they must be traveling. We'll let this slide. Yeah, just this one time. Yeah, no, that's true. They have to protect themselves too, but it is very frustrating. It is. Well, I do have a quiz here. Oh, yay. I love your quizzes. Okay, but if... We do this quiz. You have to promise not to fight every answer because you don't know which one you might choose. You're going to want to redefine. Okay. Well, I may, I may want to do that and I, I can't make that promise to you. So try, just try and I'll do my best. But yeah, if I don't like the answers, I'm going to argue with it. But Okay. Well, I'm going to do this quiz too, because I haven't taken it either. Oh, good. So it's from wanderless.com. Oh, And the first question is, it's a week before your trip and you, A, haven't booked a hotel and I'm not even 100% sure which city I'm flying into, B, are totally winging it, C, made a mental note of all the best running trails and yoga studios, D, (laughs) jotted down all the landmarks my favorite bloggers have been to, or E, I've made a detailed itinerary starting the moment we land. E. For me, it's E. For me, it's E also. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have to stick to that itinerary, but I have to have that plan minute by minute. Jeff, on the other hand, I think is B, which is we have a general idea of where we're going, but let's just wander and explore and see where we end up. Um, Yeah, I would agree with that with Jeff. Yeah, yeah. But I'm E, definitely. Okay, so number two. Okay. Nobody likes a hangry traveler. Didn't we just talk about Yes, we did. When it comes to eating, what is your style? A, who has time to think about food when you have sites to fill up on? (laughs) B, octopus hot dogs, you say? Cockroaches on a stick? Sure. I'll try just about anything when I'm traveling. C, num num namaste. As long as it's healthy, I'm in. That's not me for sure. No, me neither. Um, D, I'll grab on anything as long as it's free. Gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, meat-free. Or E, I've got this. Reservations have been made weeks ahead of time and the coolest and most coveted restaurants in the city. Well, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You can, any Anyone who has listened to me talk more than five minutes knows I'm E. <laughs> and I'm E also. Yeah. Number three, when it comes to travel accommodations, what's your preference? A, camping. B, hostels. C, whichever hotel is closest to the running trails and has gym access. D, all about the B&Bs. Or E, I want a concierge and preferably a few stars following my hotel's name. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really? This quiz is too easy. So far, I'm E across the board, but... Yeah. I mean, but the the other ones aren't even close. I mean, they're not even in the running for me. Camping, hell no. Being close, having a great gym, uh, no. (laughs) 
Well, maybe this one will move you off of E, but maybe not. Okay. Uh, Number four, it's time to catch some Zs. What's your sleeping schedule like? A, I'll sleep when I'm dead. (laughs) E, I'm flexible. C, I need at least eight hours. It's not really up for debate. D, snooze button addict. I don't plan anything before 11 a.m. ever. Or E, I rise with the sun. Time to tackle the day before the rest of the world is awake. Hmm. What's your answer to that one? You know, that one's hard. I could be E or C on that one. Yeah. I'm an early riser by nature, but I always have to have my cup of coffee before I do anything. So yeah, that's a tough one. I think you're still an E there. Dang, I thought we were moving away from the E's for you. Okay, here's the next one. Number five, you find out that one of the seven wonders of the world is two hours away from your place. Okay, A, you hitchhike. With your travel buddy. B, you check the public transportation schedules. C, rent a car and you go, go, go. D, find a tour group and hop on for the ride. Or E, secure a personal driver and tour guide before we get there. (laughs) What a stupid quiz. (laughs) E for both of us. Yeah. It's like, no wonder we're compatible travel companions. (laughs) Okay, number six, your ideal travel time is A, I'm buying a one-way ticket and I'll figure out the rest later. B, I can only miss 10 days of work a year, so I'm taking them all off. C, the perfect trip is three nights and two days. D, if I don't go through a regular-sized tube of toothpaste, I don't even want to go. Or E, one day I'll book something, but I don't really have time for vacation now. Okay, you're not an E No, I'm not an E. The tube of toothpaste one is tempting for me. I like longer trips, but three days and two nights anywhere. If I'm visiting people, other people, that's usually because I'm a hotel person. I don't necessarily like to stay at people's homes and everyone who knows me knows that. So I'm a three day, two night person unless it's a, we have a neutral, neutral hotel to go back to at the end of the day. Right. I'm kind of with you there on that uh, C also. Okay. Number seven, when you're packing for a week-long trip, you bring A, a backpack. I think Kyle's an A. Like every A I've read, I'm like, son, Kyle. Yep. Yep. A. Okay. So A here is a backpack. B is a small carry-on with just what I need. C, who has time to wait at baggage claim? Bare essentials only. D, I'm checking a bag, but it's my camera equipment and rock climbing gear. Or E, everything in the kitchen sink. I'm checking two bags at least. Uh, I think we're both E's on that. I, yeah, I think so. Although during COVID, I've been very carry-on only. I only do carry-on because I don't want to stand in baggage claim waiting for a bag. I want to be in and out of that airport. But normally, oh, I, I, get that. Yeah, normally I would be an E where I need, I just in case, I need to have everything just in case. I hate waiting for back. I'm the most impatient person in the world. So yeah, it doesn't work for me. Okay, number eight. Your ideal sightseeing day looks like A, skydiving in the Cliffs of Moher. B, That's me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's Kyle. Again. Yeah. B, I'd see anything so long as I had a book or my friends to keep me company. C, a 13-mile guided running tour. D, anything beautiful. I want to snap as many pictures as possible. And E, I'm all about the nightlife. Okay, I'm not all about the nightlife because- No, we go to bed at eight. Yeah, we go to bed so, at eight. So. A little later than that, yeah. but not much. 
I think I'd have to be B. I'd see anything so long as I had a book or my friends. Yeah. And I think I would say the same. Yeah. The, the other ones are not us. I agree. So two more questions. Number nine, you believe the best travel advice comes from A, stumbling into things on your own. B, the locals, of course. C, TripAdvisor and Yelp. D, my favorite Instagrammers, bloggers, and Pinterest. Or E, friends and family who've been there before. That one's hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm a TripAdvisor person. I check TripAdvisor a lot. I do go on friends' recommendations, but a lot of times, I was going to say, I don't have enough friends to tell me <laughs> to ask. But Well, they're probably afraid to tell you just in case you didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And you would get mad. So I think I have to go with the TripAdvisor. And Jeff is definitely the Yelp guru. Yes. And I'm not sure which one I would pick. None of those real, I'm not going to argue with the quiz. So I have to pick one of them. So I'll probably say friends and family who've been there before. And that was E. So number 10, the last question, your flight is delayed and you have one day to spend before you have to head home. You, A, haul ass to try and catch the last train to a nearby village when you heard an up and coming DJ is doing a set. (laughs) B, meet some locals and see where the day takes you. C, arrange a private yoga class on the beach for one last namaste. D, explore your hotel area. Or E, chill by the hotel pool. Sometimes you just need a vacation from your vacation. Yep, there you go. So is that E for you? Yep. Yes, and for me, it would be D or E. Okay, so we're both mostly E's. And so what it says when we've picked mostly E's is buttoned up and bougie. That's what it says. And it says, you're as fancy as they come and leave nothing up to chance. You know what you like and where you want to go. And you aren't afraid of spending a little cash to get there the way you want. It's a posh way to travel, but you don't get to kick back and unplug that often. So when you do, you make it count. Okay. So if you picked mostly mostly D's, it says picture perfect. You have an eye for the prettier things in life and a taste for eye-pleasing aesthetics. You most enjoy experiencing travel from behind the camera lens. Beautiful buildings, funky textures, and iconic landmarks are the muse to your creative soul. The only souvenirs you're after are the photographs behind the memories. I see Christy in that one a little bit, Mm -hmm. I think. I do too. Okay, quickly, uh, mostly C's. Healthy is happy, a real sweat junkie. You are all about getting the blood flowing and endorphins pumping. You truly tackle the day and get excited at the idea of seeing a city via your running shoes. Forget the cocktails. All you want to do is tip back a green juice and maybe some fresh fruit. Hmm. Yeah. I know you had several C's, but that is not you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think if I even know anyone who's a C. Yeah. I don't think I do either. Okay, so mostly bees, they're the go with the flow type, a true harmonizer at heart. You're the chillest of travel buddies, both easygoing and flexible. You have an idea of what you want to do and how to get there, but you aren't afraid to ditch the plan if adventures unfold naturally. Okay, see, and this is why Jeff and I are such good companions, because he's a B and I'm an E. Yeah, and I'm, I'm an E and I think Rob's a B too. Yeah, so I think we kind of get our rhythm based on how he operates, because then if I'm getting too uptight, he can step in and say, it'll be fine. We'll just try this. It'll be okay. And he has confidence when he says that too. So it's not like you look at him like, like, are you sure? Are you pulling my leg on this one? You you have confidence in what he says. I'm more likely to say this is on you if it goes south. Yes. And you'll get great pleasure in doing that. Yes, I will. 
Yeah. And just real quickly, in case there's any mostly A's out there, you're a gypsy at heart. You know the secret sauce to life is making it one wild ride. You enjoy the sweeter things and are fueled by the next big adventure. One thing is for sure, you live big and go all in. Planning may not be your strongest suit, but anyone lucky enough to be your travel buddy is in for some unforgettable memories. We're talking to you, Kyle. Yes, we're talking to Kyle. <laughs> yeah. So for our gang of six, I really think we have three E's, one D, and two Bs. Okay. I would say. Yeah, I think you're right. So we're, we're a pretty good group. We're a pretty good group. We're not taking applications right now for all of you <laughs> wanting to travel with us. But if you want to send in what your um, travel letter was, we'll consider maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's already too hard to um, schedule six people. So that might be a lot. I know. Well, we do. We Just so you know, we do schedule our trips like 18 months to two years out. So we have our trips on the book way early. But anyway, I know you're wrapping it up. So yeah, I think we have to wrap it up because we're out of time. A big episode. We're out of time again. It goes so quickly when we just start talking about travel. I we must know. like it. We must. Well, with all that shared, thank you everyone for joining us. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had Godsend music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy. And the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count, because we are technology challenged. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at Podigy.co. That's P-O-D. I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.